Welcome to the Automation World Get Your Questions Answered podcast, where we connect with industry experts to get the answers you need about industrial automation technologies. Find even more answers by subscribing to Automation World magazine at subscribeaw.com. That's subscribeaw.com. Now, I'm David Greenfield, Director of Content for Automation World, and the question we'll be answering in this episode is, how does a digital twin work in practice? And joining me to answer this question is Dan Riley of Interstates, an industrial automation system integrator. So thanks for joining me today, Dan. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thank you. So to get right into it, you know, the, the, the digital twin concept, you know, it, it can be applied to a wide range of industrial technologies from specific devices and pieces of equipment to entire plant floor operations. So can you explain the digital twin concept in general and how it can be so widely applied? Yeah. So, you know, really generally speaking, a digital twin is a digital representation of a physical object or a process. That's a pretty widely used definition. And in that definition, uh, there are a lot of forms it can take. And your question was right to phrase so widely applied. So, you know, at its most basic level, a digital twin can be a pretty comprehensive operational dashboard. Um, but there are also a lot of use cases and unique applications that a digital twin can take. Um, something that most manufacturers have in their plants in HMI is uh, a digital twin. It is the digital representation of their process. Um, that would be considered more of a performance ops use case. Um, some more specialty ones can include R&D physics conditions testing. That's a more engineering uh, minded digital twin that could be, you know, OEMs use that or process engineering firms to test, you know, physics, um, you know, temperature controls, flow rates, things like that. Um, other applications are AR, VR, remote operations, AR, VR, employee training, um, building information modeling like BIM, that would be a construction based, um, digital twin, uh, control system simulation, um, and then process, like I said, process and, and asset dashboards. Those can include OEE, alarms, process trends, your maintenance logs, and PID performance, and anything else in there that is critical to, the, to, op, to, to monitoring the operational performance of your plant or asset. Okay. Thanks for explaining that. And it sounds like from the way you, uh, in your description there, that as much as the digital twin has mostly focused on manufacturing applications, it's even moving into applications outside of that, like in the building infrastructure management. Is that correct? That it's even uh, moving beyond the industrial manufacturing realm? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Interstates has a couple different business units within it, and we have an engineering side. Uh, it's really electrical engineering, power engineering, but then also construction, um, electrical construction. And we do employ um, BIM modeling in our designs when we're doing um, design work for customers. Uh, so we can build digital representations of those plants or the areas of the plants or the power distribution areas um, that make it easier to model and, and design. We also, in our, in our controls area, when we're doing like, user acceptance training or testing or, or other things, we do have control system simulation. So we have the, the plant up and running, the simulated plant, so we can see what you know, batches of processes are going to be impacted 
And so when our clients are going through um, acceptance testing, they can, they can see the physical layout um, as it would be in the HMI. Okay. So given its broad applicability and the detail that it provides, how difficult is it, would you say, to apply digital twin technology at both the equipment-specific level and at a plant-wide broader level? Sure. Well, you're going to hear this from me a lot in this conversation, but it depends on the use case and depends where you're starting from. Um, but from deployment, say you know, you're ready to, to execute a project of a digital twin, you're going to need to have your basics mastered before you can really start that. And that means you need to really have a solid plant network, your process data and all your assets that you want to have digitized. Um, alarm and events tables, your MES database, your maintenance database is all accessible. So you really need to have a, a pretty mature model of your data ready um, and as clean as possible. And then depending on the complexity, uh, depending on the use case, you'll want to have plant Wi-Fi. That is, if you want to deploy headsets to operators or maintenance personnel. Um, you know, if you want your digital twin to adjust control parameters, then you're going to need to have some write back capabilities to your PLC, which means you need to have some access in your, your network and a platform that allows write back. Um, so it's not an entry level digitization use case. It is on the, you know, industry 4.0 or digitization spectrum. It is an advanced use case. You need to have, um, a plan in place really, um, and data champions at key layers organization to um, get the most value out of a digital twin. So there are a lot of things you need to have ready and accessible to execute. Okay, understood. And it sounds like from your answer there, like probably the biggest hurdle, and it would make most sense for this, is having your data ready for use uh, in a digital twin application. Are there, Given that, are there any specific steps or processes that manufacturers should be looking to take first to make sure that data is ready for that if they're looking to adopt digital twins sometime in the near term about things they could be doing with their data today to process they could be instantiating, et cetera, to uh, get things ready for that eventual use of a digital twin? Yeah. So um, most analytics use cases are going to fall between, fall before a digital twin on the spectrum of complexity. So there are, you know, low hanging fruit use cases that you can um, deploy in your site that will, you know, make you ready step-by-step step for, uh, digital twins. And there are no particular order. Um, you know, they can be, you know, deploying uh, uh, process historian across your facility where you're, you know, trending all your process variables are the ones that are most important to you. OEE on your key assets, making sure that your digital or your maintenance system is digitized and is accessible, you know, through some sort of relational database um, and alarms and events in the same way. So there are little things that you can do um, in between zero and digital twin to get you ready. And so as long as you're making those little steps and improvements, then you will eventually work your way, you know, to that readiness for digital twins. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that, Dan. So, you know, you mentioned that the, the digital twin is clearly not an entry level of uh, technology of, you know, it's a definitely a more advanced application of industry 4.0. What about the cost related to digital twin technology that's out there? You know, how does the cost of this 
uh, range from, you know, for applications on specific pieces of equipment or for plant-wide applications, or is it a fixed cost? Can you explain a little more about that? Yeah, you're going to have likely two groups of cost. Um, you're going to have the platform cost that's going to enable you to um, do the digital twin. And again, it depends on what level of digital twin you want to do. If you want to have AR, VR capabilities, likely that platform is going to be more expensive than those who are going to provide you comprehensive dashboarding. Um, so there's quite a spectrum of costs um, that need to be considered based on the type of uh, use case you want to solve for. Um, also, you know, two factors that lead into the deployment cost would be the experience of the integrator or team deploying that in the readiness of your systems. Um, you can save by making that investment, you know, previously in getting your data ready and, and having it well understood across your, your um, facility or your, your company. I think that more or less covers it. I know I didn't give you like a, you can expect between, you know, this number and this number, um, but there are a variety of providers in the space, you know, GE, Bentley, Rockwell, Yokogawa, and others have um, established uh, digital twin platforms. Um, and again, if you want a comprehensive operational dashboard, then there are even more players in that space that can, you know, visualize and trend that data out uh, and those costs um, range wildly. And we'll be back with more insights into the digital twin after this brief announcement from Automation World. Would you like to be part of this podcast series that reaches thousands of listeners across industry? Because the questions that form the topics of these podcasts come from our audience, we'd love to feature our audience members as guests. So if you're interested, contact me via email at dgreenfield at automationworld.com to learn more. And now let's get back to the podcast. So given that there is such a wide range of costs on this, looking at it, you know, depending on the application, looking at it in general, would you say the digital twin is more of a tool more for larger manufacturers because of the cost ramifications? Or is it something that can be within the reach of mid-tier or smaller manufacturers as well? Yeah, so we work with some larger manufacturers and then plenty of mid-tier manufacturers as well. And we see the readiness on both sides um, with both players. Uh, probably the larger manufacturers are going to be able to absorb the, um, I don't know if it's capital costs or operational costs, depending how they pay for their licensing, but invest more into some of the more advanced digital twin use cases. For example, setting up AR, VR, um, capabilities to train employees. Um, that's, that's an emerging use case right now. Um, that takes a lot of time, effort and, uh, dedication. And I think you'll likely see that more in your larger manufacturers. Um, whereas your, your more mid-tier manufacturers, uh, that comprehensive dashboard, maybe some remote operations, if they have a couple of plants, um, would be a good use case. So, Getting to the reader question about how does the digital twin actually work in practice, you know, what kind of information and specific value does the digital twin provide uh, to a user in the manufacturing or processing industries, and how can it be applied then to improve production operations in those different verticals? 
So information, uh, the type of information it requires, uh, really all the ones I've listed before, so that'd be OEE, alarms and events, process trends, your maintenance logs, um, and any other special um, performance measures you want to do in your control system, like PID loop performance is, is an interesting one that we uh, pay attention to. So those are the uh, types of data you want to have accessible. Um, and those will largely give you a variety of, of use cases. Um, we primarily deal with batch and processing industries. Uh, so I'll, I can speak a little bit more to those than discrete manufacturing. Um, but the value or the direct applicability it could provide, I, I mentioned remote uh, monitoring of uh, live assets. So right now we're experiencing in the industry this thing called the talent war or um, you know, or a severe lack of experienced operational talent. And that may mean that your plant uh, will need to centralize some of its more experienced users. And having that process data, your alarms and events, and your maintenance information available will allow maybe you to have a central operations center where your experienced people can sit and guide your uh, maybe more junior or um, your process engineers to go out, perform, or diagnose some issues. Uh, so that's one example of how a digital twin can enable um, you know, value in, in the processing industry. That's interesting that you mentioned the workforce issues around that. That's something that I haven't uh, heard yet in all the various discussions of Digital Twin. Of course, I've heard it in training uh, instances, as you've referenced earlier in the conversation, um, but not quite so specifically uh, as, you know, a workforce management or, you know, process uh, tool around that. It's mostly been, you know, giving specific information from, you know, pieces of equipment or, segments of equipment across the plant floor. Are you seeing that more uh, in terms of the digital twin being the looked at as a possible solution or a way to uh, better handle the workforce management issues that are facing industry? Yeah, we are. We are seeing a lot of interest in companies preparing and scaling industry 4.0 use cases, digital twin being an example of that. Uh, for instance, a couple of our clients are, um, one of their main goals in some of our larger projects are lights out or paperless facilities. So, um, you know, some of these process facilities are in rural areas where hiring is difficult. Um, and they, the goal is to run their facilities off of a, an iPad or some sort of tablet. Um, and that might mean that uh, the majority of their eyes on glass is sitting somewhere that's not in the facility. And so getting that real-time data available to operations, digitizing the manual uh, collected data, migrating that data from on-prem to cloud, you know, predictive maintenance, enhanced automation is all really important. And uh, digital twins are certainly um, a way for us to um, get that digitized and get that in the hands of those who need it. Um, we're we're doing, uh, we've done some pilots on, you know, AR, VR capabilities and testing different headsets for those lights out or paperless facilities. Okay. So looking beyond that specific type of application, uh, you know, based on your work as a system integrator with numerous different types of uh uh, production companies, as you mentioned, mostly in the processing industry verticals. Are you seeing much interest among your clients for the digital twin technology in general? We're seeing interest in some of its functions. I wouldn't say we're getting called out specifically for digital twins, but um, 
you know, industry 4.0 is a, a sea of acronyms and the sea of different uh, terms. So we are seeing clients uh, really have interest in some of the advanced capabilities that industry 4.0 is promising. And, uh, you know, either we're helping them run pilots or their internal R&D teams are working on those capabilities. So certainly, um, to be competitive in the next five years, having a plan in place to digitize your um, your operations, to have that supervisory layer of um, not control necessarily, but observation is going to be important. And and, with, and ba again, based on your experience working with uh, end users and in industry, are there certain segments of industries that you work with that seem to be have more interest in using the digital twin? And if so, how are they using it? I would say really right now, the leaders in the space are your larger companies who have the, the teams in place that are driving that innovation internally and then also looking for partners externally. Um, so there are the brands that, you know, most everyone would expect to, to do that. Um, yeah, we are not yet seeing that drip down into maybe the mid-tier manufacturers in terms of the level of complexity. But the mid-tier manufacturers are, are looking their own ways to digitize. Can you explain that and how some of the mid-tier ones are looking to digitize? Is it Would that involve the digital twin or is it other aspects that are not quite uh, so associated with that? Yeah, not quite associated with that yet. Um, it's really uh, just getting their data collection and network in order to support digitization in the future. Um, they may be looking to do install-based evaluations, electrical obsolescence observations, uh, especially in the supply chain issue is understanding their control platform and their electrical obsolescence risk. Um, they're also looking at um, condition monitoring, maybe some of your predictive maintenance um, use cases. Uh, and in a way, those can those can start to look like digital twins, uh, really just your digital representations of an asset, um, understanding when uh, failure might occur, or what current condition is at in real time. Okay. So we've covered a lot of ground here uh, in our discussion, Dan, and I appreciate uh, all of your insights. So to wrap up, you know, are there any final thoughts or things we didn't discuss about digital twin technology that our listeners across industry should be aware of? Yeah, there are a lot of new technology players entering the manufacturing analytics industry 4.0 space. Um, I would encourage your uh, listeners to do the due diligence on all of them or as much of them as you can before you make a purchase decision. That's not to say any one is better or worse than the next, but each have a unique set of features that may or may not be the best work, you know, best work for you or the client. So reviewing those sources like Automation World, Gartner, ARC are a good way to get to know the players in the space and understand their capabilities. All right. Well, thank you for joining me for this podcast, Dan. And thanks, of course, to all of our listeners. And please keep watching this space for more installments of Automation World Get Your Questions Answered. And remember, you can find us online at automationworld.com and subscribe to our print magazine at subscribeaw.com to stay on top of the latest industrial automation technology insights, trends, and news.